Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. I am your host, Carlos Diaz. We will be talking about pop-up stores, the future of brick-and-mortar retail. We have a group, great group of panelists as our guests today. Let me introduce them. We have Kim Vernock, Executive Chairman of Detego, Sampath Kanan, CEO of Teja Software, Vince Kevazin, Head of Marketing at Phoenix Commerce, Vivek Rash, CEO of Digital Spaces Inc., and Anil Vergezi, CEO of Proxima 360. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you guys doing today? Great. Awesome. Great to hear. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know you guys have a busy schedule, and so we really appreciate your time. Uh, I think I agree with our panelists that pop-up stores are going to become the future of brick and mortar uh, in retail. That is, if you think about it, there's a lot of digital customers, right, that started eight to 10 years ago, fully e-commerce, uh, and that have grown exponentially. And they really didn't suffer through the pandemic as they were already established to what it seems to be the new normal. Um, and so a lot of these digital retailers are going to start branching out into brick and border. And they're going to start doing so through a pop-up store concept so that they can minimize cost and they can really give a test run to their concept of brick and border. Also, pop-up stores will enable a lot of new uh, retail entrepreneurs to start branching out into the market without having to make such a large investment. But before I go further into that, let's uh, have one of our panelists let us know exactly what pop-up stores are, right? And step away from the misconception of what it's not, but really what it is. Yeah, Carlos, uh, I, I, I think that's a great point, right? So, uh, uh, like when I started uh, with uh, with this retailer who was doing the fast fashion, I was uh, I was supposed to be um, doing um, taking care of the whole IT department, and uh, we are going through a situation with uh, with a chapter eleven, and um, I started talking to the owner, and uh, we we were discussing about what are the different ideas for us to move forward with, and uh, one of the things he introduced to me was the pop up stores, and. Um, that time, uh, when I heard this term, uh, like a lot of, lot of folks, I also thought the pop-up store is uh, something which you see in the mall, like the, the islands you see in the mall, or it's a store in the store concept. And he told me it's not, right? So uh, the concept is this. Uh, basically, when the companies file for uh, go and occupy a property space, uh, the landlords uh, give... A uh, long lease. The the retailer and the landlord get into a very long multi-year lease, and uh, uh, in one of the terms in that lease is uh, they are going to customize the retail space to uh, the retailer's need. And um, the basically the lease terms accommodate the cost of this customization. Um, so you you as a retailer, a retailer partner, you are venturing into a 
like 20 years, 30 years, very long leases, uh, uh, work with the properties like the Simons of the world. Uh, what what happened along the way and why it, what's what's happening now with, with the whole pandemic is a lot of companies are uh, trying to restructure this long-term leases. Um, what that means is you, you're filing a chapter 11 so you can restructure the company and uh, with that, you are able to renegotiate these leases. And there are a lot of, uh, lot of companies who are actually uh, liquidating. Uh, uh, retail is not going to survive. So a lot of, lot of those folks are going through a lot of liquidation processes. So what all that means is there's all these spaces that is going to be available uh, with the property, property owners in the malls and everything. Um, so this malls gives an opportunity for to get into a short-term lease uh, for anyone who is interested. And these short-term leases are uh, uh, considered as the pop-up store concept. So basically what it means is you get a space, RCs, uh, they are not going to customize uh, the space for you, but you get into a three-month uh, lease, uh, you, you bring in just your merchandise, start selling it, and uh, you have the space until you want it. Uh, so you are not going to venture into a long-term lease, uh, but it's it's a very short-term lease for you to test the market out, right? So that's that's really the opportunity with a pop-up store, and uh, it's it's very interesting and it's very relevant in this market, uh, especially with uh, the big box retailers are going through a lot of transformation, and uh, and it also gives an opportunity, like you mentioned, to for the digital retailers who never ventured into a brick and mortar space uh, gives them an opportunity to get into that space as well. And a lot of components uh, which is essential in the brick and mortar world and the digital retailers are not familiar with um, would be very relevant uh, in this journey. And I think uh, one, of, one of the key things is uh, uh, if you look at pop-up store, it's, it's going to be a movable target, right? So things like um, having a good supply chain control, having the good inventory control, which are very essential in the brick and mortar world, but it's more when it comes to the pop-up store. Absolutely. No, th those are great points. Thank you, Anil. I, I think you're you're very right on that. You know, um, as we move into the pop-up store, I've, I've seen it a lot in New York and in LA. Uh, it has been a big trend even in prior years, but I think it's going to start uh, branching out across the country as more spaces become available throughout, you know, malls, uh, strip malls, commercial malls all over the country. Um, and I think to your point, there's, there's four key elements, right, that really are the foundation of a pop-up store. You know, you have your warehouse, making sure you have a great system that can provide that at a very cost-effective price. Uh, then you have your fulfillment, right? You need to make sure your inventory is at your pop-up store because it's a very short period of time and that you know exactly where it's at at all times. Uh, you have your inventory and you have also your customer insights, right? Uh, so with that, let's kind of break down those four key elements, right? Uh, so when we talk about warehouses, right, it's very important to think of your WMS system, right? And make sure that you have a system that will allow you to operate in multiple locations that will allow you to use 
your pop-up locations as small miniature warehouses, right, that you can fulfill from, and that will allow you to truly engage into a ROPAs, BOPAs, curbside pickup, uh, which are now fundamental as a part of business in the new normal more than ever, right? Uh, and with that, I don't uh, if one of our panelists can expand a little bit more on the concept of warehouse and WMS and the functionality of that. Thank you, Carlos. Uh, uh, that was a nice summary, Anil. And uh, you know, when people talk about uh, stores and fulfilling from stores, they need some kind of a system. So when we talk about warehouse management system, we people think that uh, it is always uh, related to warehouses, not really stores. But like you said, Carlos, uh, the stores cannot a mini warehouse because you are fulfilling and shipping from the uh, stores instead of a typical warehouse, which is kind of a same thing. So if you look at it that way, you need a system that can actually take you through the fulfillment process from a store perspective, treating it as a warehouse. Uh, the only difference if you will see there is you are also going to be selling in a normal situation, customers are going to come into the store, pick up what they need from the uh, shelf. Unlike a traditional warehouse, nobody else takes it. Uh, so you need to account for those uh, you know, logistics. So you are able to do it in a way that it is efficient. And also you are not uh, disappointing customers when they order something either for pickup or for delivery from the store. So from a warehouse management perspective, you have a few things that you typically do uh, in a warehouse or in a store like this. The order comes in, you need to have somebody pick it up as soon as the order comes in. So nobody else, a customer who walks in is picking the same unit that you already sold online. So it is very important for the notification to be sent to the picker as soon as possible so they can at least pull the merchandise out of the shelf so nobody else can take it. So this is the first important thing that happens in a store operation. Uh, any orders coming from the website should be accounted for immediately. So the inventory is reflected also in the website. So the order management system that works before this WMS takes care of some of those functionalities. But typically once the order comes into the store, somebody goes and picks it up. That's the first step. And then they have to put it into a place where somebody can actually go and take it when the customer walks in. Instead, uh, the other thing that we would need um, is to send a notification to the customer confirming that they are, their um, order is confirmed and they have the merchandise to be ready for pickup. Um, you can do it in two stages. Um, really, um, when you get the order, you can say, hey, you know, we have the merchandise, we secured it, you are good. And then once you are, um, you know, uh, ready and uh, pack, um, pack the materials, then you should send them, send the customers an email saying that it is ready for a pickup, uh, really. So the customer can come anytime. And that's a very short window in these times. People expect these things to happen within an hour sometimes and, uh, you know, maybe two hours max. Um, sometimes you also get future orders. So that's another thing that you need to deal with, which one to pick up. And you have to schedule these things in a way that it makes sense. And you are not uh, removing items uh, way in, you know, ahead um, in advance. Uh, so it is not in the shelf. So you have to kind of juggle these things in a way that it makes uh, more sense. And also you take advantage of uh, the availability of merchandises in a way that you can sell as much as you can. 
Um, the other thing is inventory management. The inventory management really is to make sure that you are not selling anything that you don't have, and at the same time, you are not underselling what you have. So you have to make sure that um, you are selling it in a way that uh, the customers are able to pick up whenever they want after they place the order. And also you are maximizing your efficiency in terms of uh, selling uh, you know, in all channels that you can, whether it's uh, people coming into the store or online. Uh, the other uh, important aspect of this uh, is going to be managing people uh, in a way that you can schedule. If you know people um, you know, are going to be not coming into the store or you are not going to be able to have enough people pick up these orders, you need to schedule them in advance so you have people pick up orders as it comes in. Um, some of these factors are really important for a store operation, especially when you have multiple things happening at the same time. A WMS system takes care of these operations inside the store in a way that you'll be able to maximize your um, uh, efficiency and also customer service. Uh, customer service and uh, customer satisfaction is going to be extremely important because you don't want customers to drive up to your store only to find out that the merchandise is not available or it is not ready for pickup. Um, so the, the typical WMS takes care of all the store operations and also it updates and, uh, you know, um, work with uh, your point of sale devices in a way that you are constantly updating inventory that can be sent to multiple channels. So that's kind of a high level overview of a typical WMS system in work in the stores. Great, thank you so much, Sampa. That That's great, great input. And, and of course, you know, I think something that's pivotal for all retailers, right? And I think Achilles, right? The Achilles of retailers when it comes to e-commerce is their ability to fulfill these orders in the most cost-effective method, right? So when we talk about fulfillment, there's always the headache of the shipping cost, right? We, I think every retailer out there hates the shipping cost and the complexity that comes behind it. And of course, the competition that's constantly there of, how fast can I get the merchandise to my consumer, right? Because with competitors like Amazon and Walmart, I mean, it seems like people want their merchandise within the hour of pressing submit on the website, you know? Uh, but I think if um, they utilize the pop-up locations that they're gonna be putting out there as a brick order location in order to ship from those locations or to allow the customer to visit that store and pick up the merchandise on the same day, they're gonna be able to see a lot of advantages, right? And so talking about fulfillment, you know, I think it's very, very important that we try to stay very competitive to the market. I think we're, we're in this rat race constantly of how do we get the merchandise to our consumers as quickly as possible and as cost-effective as possible to the internal retailer, right? Uh, so going into that conversation, can one of you guys expand on the advantages of being able to optimize on shipping costs uh, in order to get that merchandise quickly out to the consumer and in the most cost-effective method? I would, I would love to expand on that, Carlos, if I can. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's important to think about all the different ways that you can use a pop-up to get, to, to augment your online store, right? And um, at Phoenix, we think about a pop-up as, as basically a node in a fulfillment network. It's just, it's just another place. Um, uh, you know, Anil and, and Sampath talked about how uh, it has many of the same needs that a regular 
store would have, a regular brick and mortar location would have, but it has some advantages in terms of, you know, shorter term commitment and stuff like that. Um, at, at Phoenix, we really look at these things more abstractly, right? So a pop-up gives you all the abilities to do what any physical location would give you. So there's the obvious, uh, the first thing is obvious, direct sales, right? Somebody can walk in, look at something and buy it and, and walk away. Um, and for that, uh, there's not really any online interaction. There's no, there's no interaction with the, uh, with the e-commerce channel, but there's a bunch of other scenarios where, where there would be. So there's the classic buy and pick up in store or curbside or contactless um, pickup that, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about a little bit uh, where a customer is going online, ordering something and then picking it up at the, at the pop-up. Um, when we talk about that, we like to specify that that's coming from inventory in the pop-up. So to Sam Todd's point, you've got to know that inventory is there and be able to offer it on the e-commerce site. And that's something that uh, Phoenix can help you do. Um, there's a couple other scenarios that are, that are interesting though. Uh, one is uh, ship to store. So if you're replenishing inventory at a pop-up, you're sending, you're sending product there periodically. Um, if, if your WMS knows about that and your website knows about that, then you can actually fulfill from, you can actually send the, send the customer to the pop-up or send the, the inventory to the pop-up and have the customer pick it up when it gets there, right? And you can save on shipping costs that way. Another one is, is ship from stores. So I think you alluded to this. If you've got inventory in, in a pop-up and somebody orders something online, if that's the most logical inventory because of the level of the inventory, maybe you want to sell it down, um, maybe your lease is running out, or it's simply just the closest inventory to that customer, you want to know that. So you want your WMS to tell you that it's there, and then you want a platform like Phoenix to know that it's available to ship from that location to the customer and that that's the best scenario. Um, and finally, there's another scenario that that uh, that's also valid, which is order from store, right? So you can have a customer come into a pop-up. If something's not in inventory at the pop-up, but you have it on your e-commerce site, you can, you know, the, the sales associate at the pop-up can just kind of walk them through that process and make sure they get what, exactly, exactly what they want. And that might work if you've got a limited range of sizes or colors or, 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 uh, or SKUs at the pop-up, but you've got a much bigger one on e-commerce. E so what we, what we try to do at Phoenix is sort of regardless of the, of the fulfillment scenario, we want to, we want to know what the options are. We want to know from, from the WMS where the inventory is sitting. Right. And then we want to pre present the customer who's shopping online with the best uh, options in terms of either picking it up or having it delivered. Right. So Phoenix is basically an AI engine that takes all these different data points and determines based on a lot of different variables, like 30 different variables, where the customer is sitting, where the inventory is sitting, if it's sitting in the pop-up or the DC, um, what kind of shipping services and rates you have access to. Uh, you know, are there other like customer loyalty? Uh, are there any other um, uh, ideas that you want to bring into the process? Like, do you want to give a customer a deal because of their loyalty or some other behavioral aspect? Um, and we also uh, comprehend what's going on in the, in the actual operations of the fulfillment location. So if it's a pop-up store, we know when there's people there, how long it takes them to pick, pack, and ship, when your carrier comes to, to pick it up. Same thing for warehouses. Um, if something's closed temporarily, we can, we can comprehend that. Um, and, and then what we do is if any place where our customer is looking for it on the e-commerce site, we can display the optimal options. So based on all those different variables, 
what are the shipping options? When do I have to order it by? When can I expect it to arrive? If I'm picking it up at a location, when will it be there? When can I go in and actually expect it to be ready? You know, if there's a, a contactless or a curbside slot to assign, you know, when is that going to be and how do I schedule that? Um, and by, by doing this, our clients tend to see, just by pre presenting this really accurate shipping or, or pickup information, our clients tend to see about a 10% conversion lift from that. Um, so, you know, I think that there's, there's a lot of critical pieces to this. And the one that we tend to focus on is what's that customer experience about around what we call actually order experience. When, are, when can I get this thing in my hands? Sort of like the most critical question that a customer often has. Yeah, no, those are great, great points. And I think all of these things, right, in order for them to happen, there's, I guess I'd, I'd like to call it, they got to glued in together, right? Which means you have to know where your inventory is, right? Because if you have a great WMS system, if you're optimizing your shipping costs for your customers, all of that requires for you to know the reality of where your inventory exists, which I know it has been always a very big, big point for retailers, right? Uh, as they usually use the beta barcodes or the typical barcodes that we do today, uh, there's a lot of issues in doing your cycle counts. There's a lot of issues in having an efficient accuracy of where your inventory is laying around the stores. Uh, and so with that, I think a lot of people are looking into RFID technology in order to replace the way they scan the merchandise and the way they recognize where the merchandise is, uh, especially because there's a very high level of accuracy when we utilize RFID. So if you guys could expand for me what really what RFID is and all the advantages that it can bring to the table in order to really good capitalize on all the logistics and the infrastructure that we're talking about. Thank you, Carlos. Um, from a Detico point of view, we are working with a lot of retailers and we basically see a pop-up store, no different to a typical retail store. And what we typically see in a retail store is that we can get 100% inventory accuracy and about 98% on shop floor availability. And I would basically view a pop-up store as the sales floor in a traditional retail store. So that means in a pop-up store, we could get close to 100% inventory accuracy. On top of that, we could basically look at what are the planogram for that potential pop-up store. We could basically create for a special location saying how many items do we need of any given articles for that unique location. We will then hook it up with the point of sale. You'll hook it up with the VMS system and the OMS system to ensure that we can provide all the services real time and have the real time visibility throughout the store network. So as it was touched upon a little bit earlier, how could we, if a customer comes in to a pop-up store, we could, if it's not available on that specific location, we can give them real time availability in terms of from an endless aisle, so we could have the endless aisle, we could basically order it online and have it shipped to the home address. We could also facilitate any uh, e-commerce orders that would be sent to the location of the pop-up store. We could make a real-time reservation and confirm that back that that article actually is available, similar to what we do in the stores. So with the, with the RFID, we basically see that we can optimize the stores and the pop-up stores in a more efficient way. We can, with our smart planograms, ensure that we have the right products available for the pop-up store, and we can give a better customer experience in that store. 
when it comes to pick up or if an item is potentially available in another store close to the pop-up store, we can with a map on the handheld devices at the pop-up store, basically guide the customer to where that nearby store would be if they prefer to go to a store and pick it up in a nearby store. So we have a lot of facilities that increases consumer engagement and increase consumer satisfaction. So I think that's really the uniqueness of IFID, not only to, to have the right inventory available, but also to streamline the processes with the ultimate aim to have satisfied customers, whether the product is actually available at the store or whether it's going to be shipped from uh, a remote location. Some of the tricks with a pop-up store where there's no back room like we see in traditional stores, you will basically have intraday replenishment. So when we are running low on certain items, we will basically real time either get it from a nearby store that has excess inventory or we will get it from a distribution center. So we will basically have a back room that we can define either as uh, nearby stores or a nearby DC, mini DC, if that would be required to satisfy uh, the demand from that particular store. So I think the combination of the, the products and the services we just have talked about here fits extremely well with a typical IFID implementation to get the most out of a pop-up store. Great, thank you so much, Kim. I appreciate all your input. Uh, and I think as you guys hear all of this information, right, let me just kind of quick summarize because I want to bring it home uh, with customer insights, right? Uh, but so we talked about understanding what the pop-up store is, right? So it's a, it's a short-term period for you to be able to test out that you can do a brick-and-border concept and that it's going to be successful, whether you're an established e-commerce digital marketer or whether you're a brand-new entrepreneur that wants to engage in the retail commerce, right? Um, then you obviously need a very solid foundation when it comes to your WMS, right? In order to be able to capitalize on replenishing and fulfilling the orders that are happening at your pop-up store. And at the same time, uh, utilizing your Omni channel in order to be able to fulfill from an e-commerce standpoint, right? With that, it's very important that you look at a tool that allows you to real-time analyze what's the best option for shipping that merchandise that's going to cost you the least amount of money and it's going to get it there the fastest way possible. And all of that needs to tie in together through knowing and allowing the system primarily so that all the AI tools that we mentioned can work efficiently to know where the inventory is at all times. And all of this is ultimately, as Kim very well mentioned, to provide customer satisfaction, right? Because we're in this business for nothing else but to provide customer satisfaction through the products that all the retailers sell out there in the world. But it's very critical and very, very important that you have customer insights because once you went through all of the process of getting that merchandise out there for your customer, right? And for them to be able to see it. Now you want to get that information back in and understand your customer behavior, how they're moving around your pop-up store, how they're engaging, because you have a very short period of time to make reactionary right behavior and to get on top of it if you missed it as far as placing the inventory in the right place or doing the right promotion for your pop-up location, right? So with that, uh, I'll let you guys kind of expand for our audience on customer insights, right? What are customer insights? How are they helpful for the retailer? Um, sure, Carlos. Uh, I'll take that up. And thanks for sort of teeing it up uh, very nicely, you know, for 
really want to talk about the customer insight. So, you know, I, I guess, first of all, I, I would say that uh, given, you know, the pandemic that we are all in and given, you know, how there are underlying currents really beneath the retail as such, right? And we're seeing so much of churn and bankruptcies and so on. I think pop-up store is a great idea, as Anil alluded to. And I think something that I guess uh, a lot of uh, people can relate to in a shared economy, right? Uh, I mean, we talk about Airbnb, we talk about Uber. I believe that pop-up store is in a way bringing in that kind of uh, you know shared sort of an economy in a retailer context, right? Which obviously has been accelerated by this pandemic. And uh, I'd say that, uh, so, uh, you know, in digital spaces, what we do is essentially, we do have a platform, which is a combination of a hardware and software that can track real-time people density, their traffic movement, their direction, their count, their yeah. demography, as in the age and gender, all real-time, right? Uh, with the, a smart edge device that has the, uh, you know, uh, the capability to process a lot of humongous information and compute locally, and you know a, pl a platform that runs on the cloud with all the analytics and KPIs, and uh, you know what we we can essentially do in a pop-up store construct is that because pop-up store just by the very definition is going to be something which may not be permanent, which may be very you know maybe uh, an experiment for any retailers or uh, someone who want to foray into retail for test and learn. It's extremely important for one to understand what kind of shoppers are walking into. Uh, you know, the store, when are they walking into the store, which aisle is actually more, uh, you know, have more traffic vis-a-vis -vis others, right? And then how is one store corresponding with the other store in terms of benchmarking their performance and so on? And that is where, you know, a lot of those insights can be done real time through digital spaces and something that can be then used uh, for from retailers' perspective to enhance on their customer experience. Let me just really, uh, you know, um, throw out some data points for, for, for all of us, which we are all aware of, right? So when you really talk about customer experience, it's kind of getting more and more synonymous with online experience or online shopping today, right? And why? Because, you know, when we shop online, the retailers are, have every bit of granular data on us, right? Be it, you know, what time are we getting in onto the website? Which area are we hovering on? Where are we clicking? What are we buying? Right? They have all the history. Now, bring all that in context of a retail store. You know, the retailers today are not equipped with any kind of that level of granular data, right? And that is where our platform can really fill in that gap, more so for pop-up store. Because again, you know, with when you have when you combine the dots or connect the dots with all the inventory data that you have, or you know, the sales data you have, what's really missing is actually the shopper's data, right? And that sort of combination really bring in, brings in that, you know, the level of differentiation and the customer experience that, uh, you know, retailer can uh, create uh, in a, um, you know, on a brick and mortar channel. Great, thank you so much for that input and for, for explaining to us customer insights. And, and I just wanna to reiterate to our audience, right? Uh, we're primarily talking about new entrepreneurs and, and digital, uh, retailers, but that's not to say, you know, for all of you guys out there that are already working for a retail company that's well-established, that's already has brick and mortar locations, right? This is also for you guys, right? This is going to be an opportunity for you guys to do proof of concept of completely new experience stores, right? Because 
the entire industry, the entire consumer market is based on experience today, right? Uh, so it's very, very important that, that everybody capitalizes on pop-up stores. And with that, I want to I wanna pass on, we're getting some questions, and this will be open questions to, to all of you gentlemen, uh, whoever wants to take the question, or if multiple of you guys uh, want to parlay on the same question, you're more than welcome to. So one of the questions that we're getting is, uh, who will be the core players that will engage in pop-up stores, in the opinion of you guys? And that's open to anybody. I think that will be um, an interest for the new digital players. So all the e-commerce providers that we're seeing out there, very successful, uh, have, have grown tremendously over the last six to eight months during the pandemic. They will start to come out and test new type of stores without going into real brick and mortar. They basically will start to deploy uh, pop-up stores in various locations, start to learn what does a real retail outlet model look like? How can they engage? How can they use the existing strength in the e-commerce to fulfill into that kind of stores and eventually move in to become real brick and mortar stores going forward? And for the traditional retailers, uh, I think they will use it as a new test bed of figuring out where to open new stores. Uh, it's a very fragmented picture which we see right now from existing retailers. They have underperforming stores. They're looking into how to reduce labor cost. And that's where IFID is a great tool as well because it optimizes all processes in the store, but they will go further. There will be stores that are not any longer profitable because we don't have the right traffic or the right location. And that's where pop-up stores would be a great tool either to replace some of those or to move around and be become a, a moving target in, in a new retail world. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I, I'll add on to uh, Kim. Uh, I, I think uh, that's that's the that's a great concept for especially for the digital players who never exposed to this uh, uh, to a brick and mortar uh, space. But I also believe that uh, there are a lot of retailers who's going through a chapter eleven process, right? So chapter eleven gives the retailer an opportunity to actually restructure their retail spaces, and for them this gives an opportunity. One is to Kind of rather than getting into this long-term leases, you have an opportunity to test out in a new market and see how it goes before taking the risk of actually signing a long-term lease. So I think even for the retailers who was who's actually undergoing a restructuring process, it's it's a great opportunity for them to get into some of the markets which they haven't been and test it out um, before they kind of get into a long-term um, lease with the with the property uh, property group. I agree. Yeah, and and I think this is something at a global scale, right? It's it's not a U.S. national concept. I think it's something that applies at a global scale. Uh, if you guys would agree with that, um, and when when do you guys think this trend will, will really start? You know, when do you think it will be the peak? Do you think it's going to be coming this coming up holidays for this year, or do you think everybody's going to wait till after the holidays to see how their sales turned out? I'll take that, um, Carlos. Um, what we have seen in the past is uh, some retailers put, put this uh, pop-up shop during holiday season, right? Because uh, some of their merchandises are seasonal. And uh, they just, uh, you know, I work with a retailer who has about 500 pop-up stores around the country for about six weeks during the holiday. And that's all they do. They just do it year over year. And that has worked really well. And they have a process. And in this situation, it 
comes very close to that. You don't have to wait for the holidays. You don't have to wait for the sales numbers. This is a much uh, smaller scale, uh, you know, at least uh, uh, trial for them. So they can actually build some data points that they can act on once the COVID situation is also over. The other thing that I always talk about is collaboration. So the other way you can look at these stores is, in a big shopping mall, you can actually have multiple retailers come together, put up something that will actually be part of their own, and put merchandises which are uh, really selling hot that people buy all the time. So that way they don't have to deal with it individually. So they can just collaborate and then have this as a you know combined store in a, in a mall, parking lot, somewhere, wherever they want, and then make that as a true pop-up store, you know? Right, and this, I saw a couple of people that were about to kind of talk as well. Does anybody else wants to add to to Sampath on when we think the the trend is really going to kick off? Well, uh, Carlos, I, I guess I'll I have one point to add, which is that by looking at the current, uh, essentially, the state of retail in U.S., especially market, um, there are a lot of obviously, uh, I guess the this holiday season is going to be defining, you know, the number of bankruptcies, et cetera, if it continues to add to the momentum already, right, that we see. And, and that's where I feel that 2021, especially, you know, from mid to late, would be some, you know, a time when we can see, uh, you know, a lot of increase in pop store format, just because, again, of the restructuring of maybe even getting to more different kind of model, most, more cost-effective model, you know, for many large retailers, so for them to gravitate from a very, large store format to a sort of a smaller store format, right? So I think all of those things would be in play, especially when retail would be under perhaps a lot more pressure uh, in 2021 uh, and maybe next few, couple of years. I, I, I basically think that the pop-up stores would be the new guerrilla marketing concept for most of the brick and mortar retailers. It's, it's a new way. Those that can create the right pop-up store with the right technology attached to it, they will have first mover advantages and they can disrupt the market with something that is relatively simple, but you need to think out of the box. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, th I think it, it can definitely, um, you know, and it, and it allows, I think, for the retailers to be able to quickly move and even outside of the mall structure, right? Create that pop-up experience at artisan markets and all these festivals and all these things that are constantly happening, right? Which I think at some point, as we layer back into the, the regular, right? Normal that we used to have, uh, that's those group gatherings are going to continue and are going to come back, you know? Um, so another question that I would like to ask to, to all of you guys is when it comes to the pop-up store, and I think to Sam Pat's point, right? He was talking about collaboration. Uh, I feel, uh, as I've seen in the past couple of months, there is a level of collaboration that's happening between retailers and between uh, vendors that provide services to retailers that I've never seen before, right? People were always kind of keeping everything to their shoulder pad. Uh, but I think with pop-ups, it will really open the opportunity for folks to collaborate. And as they collaborate, they make sure that their merchandise is in multiple other areas while reducing expenses. Do you guys foresee that as a continuance or do you think once the pandemic ends, 
everything's going to go back to, Hey, these are my customers. These are my projects or, you know, these are my stores and this is my merchandise. Uh, you're my direct competitor. I want to, I don't want to talk to you. Uh, or do you think that openness and that willingness to collaborate is going to continue forth into the future? And again, that's open to, to any of you guys, whoever wants to. Well, here, here, here's a thought, Carlos. Um, I, I think whether, you know, competitive collaboration will continue. Um, certainly our whole like model of shopping in malls is probably going to change. Um, with all the, you know, with a massive number of, of closures of, of physical stores that are in malls, uh, the, the Simon Property Group type companies are going to have to figure out what they're going to do with that space. And um, we might see an evolution in the whole mall model, right? Um, toward, and I, this is speculation, but they're going to have a lot more real estate that they're going to have to fill, right? In order to make, make be able to make money on it. Um, so maybe the collaboration will shift uh, to between, you know, retailers and um, companies that run malls and, and, and other partners in that ecosystem. I'm, I'm thinking in terms of like, if I've got a, you know, if I've got now 50% of my stores in my, in my mall are closed, can I convert that space into something that would be more conducive to helping an online retailer? Can I make it like, you know, converted into uh, you know, uh, miniature DC type space or more pop-up space or some other new model that we haven't thought of yet that'll allow uh, the, mall, the mall owners to, to get a return on their investment while facilitating um, a, a new model of omni-channel commerce for, um, for companies that, you know, uh, that up until today have been mostly e-commerce only. No, that's a very good point. And I, and I think the, the fact um, that retailers are going to go into smaller boutique concept, right? It will allow them to capitalize on, on the big retail spaces that are out there, right? Because, I mean, some of these spaces are thousands of square feet, you know, uh, that they can utilize. So I think they'll be able to do a smaller boutique and utilize the back end area uh, as those miniature warehouses, you know, to do fulfillment. Yeah, and, and I, I think I would add to that, Carlos, I think like Vince uh, uh, mentioned, say if you really look at Coles uh, and Amazon as an example, right, on this collaboration, so you you have the ability to now return Amazon products into courts, and I've done it multiple times, and uh, that allows Coles to do is you are increasing the store traffic into the stores, and you you when you return, you get a coupon, you are, you are actually expected to show up more in the calls uh, with the calls merchandise, right? So I think there are a lot of collaboration op opportunities, especially um, when we talk about pop-up, another opportunity you could be is like some of the digital new players, it could act as a fulfillment center or a return center for a lot of these digital retailers as well. So it just gives an another set of collaboration opportunity from that perspective as well. So. Yeah, that's a great, great point. Thank you, Neil. Um, perfect, great. So I, I would like the last question, I guess is my question, and I would like to give you guys, you know, like 15 seconds each. Uh, I always like to leave every time I do a podcast or a panel discussion uh, with a piece of advice that all of my guests can give to the audience, right? Because I think all of the audience loves to hear 
certain piece of advice that they can better utilize uh, as they engage in their initiatives. Uh, so with that said, uh, I'd like to give you guys uh, the opportunity to give a piece of advice to our audience. Uh, Vince, I'll start with you and then I'll move over towards my right uh, subsequently. Sure. Uh, my advice um, has kind of been standard for the last 20 years or so. Uh, put yourself in the shoes of your customers. Um, you know, th think about what their needs are, not not what your ability is, right? Like think in terms of, of what are your customers looking for and then find a way to provide it. Um, a lot of us seem to get in, in this industry, I think get caught up on, you know, what the latest technology solution is or you know, what the latest fad is um, without really uh, considering, you know, what are our specific customers looking for? Um, so that's my parting word. Great. No, that's a good one. Thank you, Vince. Uh, Kim, I'll give the floor over to you. Thank you. Well, seamless uh, interaction with customers, that, that, that is everything. You know, people want to be independent of whether they are online, offline, in a mall, on the street. So you need to give these customers the same opportunity for getting the same shopping experience independently of where they want to trade from. And to do that cost effectively, at least that's what I'm seeing, you need to embed RFID into your total value chain to do that in a cost effective way and to enhance the opportunity to serve customers effectively. Great. No, that's a super valid point. Thank you, Kim. I appreciate it. Uh, Sampath, would you like to give you a piece of advice to our audience? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think two things from my perspective. I, uh, as I always talk about, uh, you know, collaboration is going to be the key and uh, collaborate wherever you can maximize your efficiency in terms of how to work with others and take advantage of their expertise and also provide your expertise to them. And the second thing is uh, pick a system that is going to be flexible that can actually change and uh, adapt to new situations that, as it comes. Don't uh, get a system that just uh, you know does what you need today because the things are changing so fast that you have to constantly adapt yourself to newer models. So pick some something that is going to be really useful, not only in the short term, also in the long term. Absolutely, thank you so much, Sampath. Uh, Vivek, I'll give the floor over to you. Sure, um, I'll just say that uh, with all the investment that the retailers have made on their brick and mortar channel, you know, for all said and done, it's still gonna be staying. Uh, it's still gonna be the, you know, the majority source of revenue for most of the retailers. So my advice would be to leverage that channel in the most effective manner and to bring that, you know, customer experience in that channel equivalent, if not better than the online channel. And then the kind of, you know, tools or, uh, you know, uh, that you, uh, all retailers would like, may want to think about to put in place to get that, right? And really the, uh, you know, the bottom line is really to have that level of data uh, you know, so to really have a coherent strategy, uh, you know, for, for long term to get to that place. And again, today, uh, you know, technologies are there. And I guess as uh, perhaps uh, Wins made that point, right, that's not about technology. It's about looking at what your specific, you know, uh, demands are, what your specific customer needs are and how, what, what technology can you bring in to get to that level of granular data. And I would say that computer vision in today's context, coupled with AI, provides a, a very, uh, you know, uh, strong area, you know, for retailers to consider. 
Thank you so much, Vivek. I appreciate that. And Neil, what, what would be your piece of advice to our audience? Yeah, I, I think I would embark on this uh, concept of harmon harmonized retail, uh, right? So just uh, provide customers what they want, when they want, and how they want it, right? So pro uh, give that experience to the cu customer from regardless of the channel, right? So it's a concept of the unified commerce and provide that in the most cost-efficient way. That's, that's, to me, the journey for the future. Absolutely. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your input and for your time. I truly appreciate it. And I'm sure our audience appreciates it as well. Uh, for all of our audience, uh, you guys, uh, at the end of the panel discussion, we're going to have everybody's uh, contact information uh, so that if you have any questions, because I know a lot of you guys are potentially talking about pop-ups internally within your organization. Uh, some of you guys are probably in some level already getting ready for it, right? As we're getting closer to the holidays. But if there's anything that you guys would like to get more information on from our professional panelists or anything that you guys need assistance with in order to accomplish that journey in the best way, uh, I will have all of their information displayed after the panel discussion so that you guys can have a way to access these amazing minds uh, and get to some great input and uh, you know assistance in your journey. Thank you so much for joining us to another great uh, podcast and to another great live webinar on demand. Uh, you guys have a great day. And uh, to you gentlemen that joined us as our panelists, thank you so much for your time. You guys have been amazing. I appreciate it. If you wish to have a conversation with us, then email us at retailcorner at proxima360.com or visit our website at theretailcorner.proxima360.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe and see you next time.